welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Mike Freeman. Enjoy. just getting the last bit of organized. Okay, that was an overstatement. Okay. In fact, to that point, um, this is actually a new laptop to me uh, because, uh, well, I I started becoming like the scribe of our family meetings and um, Trevor had noticed that I was using a laptop that was always plugged in, so I was always tethered to a wall uh, and, and a cord, you know, and those Apple cords aren't that long. And I don't know, he, he said that he didn't do this, and I don't know who did it, but somebody got me a new laptop. So I, now, okay, that, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, That's, thank you, whoever's responsible for, for this. I mean, it's just, Wow. But here's the thing, because in the context of that, Trevor said something that for me is probably in this season just as significant a word as the word I had from the founding pastor here, Try, back in 2004, I think. It might have been the fall of 2003, actually. My wife and I were contemplating buying a business because I'd been seven years kind of in between ministry, at least full-time paying ministry. I was actually kind of like doing full-time ministry at that point, but on the clock, 40 hours with someone with whom that worked. Um, And I thought I'd found the solution and met with all kinds of eager excitement with Chai for lunch and said, I think I've solved the problem here. Um, We're going to buy this business that I'm working for, and then that will give an income, be the tent-making business. And and, uh, Chai just wasn't on board at all. He wasn't riding on my train at all. And he just looked at me and said, Mike, yeah, but is that what you want to do with the rest of your life? And I was just like, oh, snap. You own a business, the business owns you. Oh, okay, no it isn't. So that was a pivotal moment for me. And and honestly, what Trevor says, what Trevor said in the context, which I think was just a throwaway thing, uh, God always speaks in little throwaway things, so just pay attention to them. Um, uh, But he he said that Mike, if you notice, has been tethered. And a a tethered Mike is no Mike at all. (laughs) So Mike needs to be untethered dangerous thing. Okay. (laughs) Now, in the context of that, this all does pertain. It just takes a while to get there, and I'm really trying to focus on speaking more slowly, because I just get going, and some of you complain that he just talks so loud, we can't keep up with him. So I'm trying, really trying. All of this pertains because I really have tried this week to organize my thoughts. Each time I did, I will say, not in any kind of like, thus saith the Lord way, but in a very clear way, I was told, why are you doing that? 
It's kind of like for years, I mean, for at least 10 to 15 years, I was reading through the Bible, not just in a year. I mean, I was reading through the Bible. I mean, I was going at it, man. I was going at it every New Testament once a month, okay? During slow times, twice a, well, not twice a month. I did read it a couple times, twice a month. You really have to apply yourself. For, well, not really have to apply. You can read the Bible in about 72 hours, the whole thing, top to bottom, beginning to, to end. But I, I was reading so intensively, and I was just going and going and going, and then finally the voice just said, why are you doing that? I was like, you want me to slow down? Well, you can. You don't have to keep going so fast. You can slow down, Michael. You can slow down. So, okay. There is some organization. Trevor, don't hit the panic button just yet. There is some organization. There is a semblance of order. But I was told that I had 20 minutes. I've almost eliminated the extra time. Good. So I told I had 20 minutes, basically, because honestly, this is not the sermon, okay? This isn't the sermon. What happens in here with each person who enters, that's the sermon, okay? And that's why you need to stay and pay attention and be present to what happens in here with each person because there's your sermon. I almost wish Trevor was in the tank right now because that would just be honestly a little bit freaky and weird, but it would be cool. And he'd be wrinkled. You remember that time, Trevor, you and I baptized. It was in that one you have to like dig through to the basement of this church in the chapel. And, and it was like a sauna. And you and I both were turning beet red by the time we were done that night of the old 101. Wow. Okay. Sorry. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. Stories. Gosh, our lives are made of stories. And we have a whale of a story here. I know, right? Uh, we've got a whale of a story. All right, the Jonah story. All right, okay. Now, we've been like stuck at sea for three weeks, and it's like, when do we get to the whale part? All right? We are, have arrived at the whale part of the Jonah story. Now, yeah, that's exactly what Jonah was actually thinking at that moment, uh, because as, as Brent pointed out last week, the whale, we're not dealing with Bruce the shark, we're not dealing with a predator, we're dealing with a preserver, we're dealing with protector, we're dealing with a restorer, all right? So that is exactly how Jonah saw that experience when he got to it. But um, to, to recap, for those of you who may not know for some reason the story of Jonah, because whether you've been a Christian for years or whether you're just brand new at this, you probably, at least in the culture, now maybe we're entering into a time we can't assume people know the story of Jonah. Um, and then we can say, well, boy, do I have a story for you. Listen to this one. Okay. Um, but basically, we've got a Hebrew prophet named Jonah. Uh, yeah, ninth, eighth century, I don't know, sometime around there. A long time ago, very long time ago, Jonah, a prophet of Israel, northern kingdom, very patriotic, very nationalistic. He had a, well, the northern kingdom just... Okay, I was going to say the word sucks, but I want to keep the appropriate content thing going. It was bad. It was like wicked, not in the Harry Potter, okay, appropriate context, wicked context, but it was wicked. And Jeroboam too, bad king, but he's also one of the longest kings, and he was the most prosperous king. It was like the light bulb that suddenly flares up right before it dies. 
And Jonah wanted that life. He went, let's get it going. Let's keep it going. And he's, he's prophesying of territorial expansion. That's the only prophecy we have that's already reflected. And then we've got this story. Jonah, that prophet, who was really into what God was doing in the northern kingdom, and more of it, more of it, more of it, is told to go preach to the ones who will be responsible for its undoing. Violently, drastically. And he runs, gets on a boat, and if you're familiar with Jaws, okay, Israel as a nation, as a people group, were all chief brodies. They all hated the water. They were landlubbers. They hated the water. The water is where demons are. The water is the depths down there. Sheol and the underworld is down there. And beasts come up from... Okay, so that was their conception. So for him to get on a boat and head out under the wide seas was an act of faith in itself in his total disbelief and disobedience. Goes, storm chases him down, and ultimately tossed overboard. Interesting, he didn't jump. Well, why didn't he jump? Well, because, you know, if I'm on a plane, you're going to have to push me out. <laughs> this will not voluntarily happen, and I know they don't do that, so I'm not planning on skydiving, but they toss him over, and he goes down. Didn't he know how to swim? Chief Brody, hello? No, swimming, not in the curriculum in prophet school. All right, so sinks. And that's where a story picks up. Oh, I should have like that PowerPoint in front of me, sorry. Oh, put it up here and I can read it. There should be text. There's like three prose verses of text. Is it there, I pray thee? Is it there? Lord, let it appear. Thank you, okay. All right, because we actually have, we have three lines of prose narrative and then nine lines of poetic prayer. I'm saving the poetic prayer for the end and we're just going to get the three lines of Poe's poetry. Um, Trevor looked at this and said, where's your text? And I said, well, there it is. And it's like, well, it's not enough. Well, yeah, it is. See, there's an insert prayer in the middle there. <laughs> insert prayer. Because you see, from the vast inventory of creation, the Lord, this is my translation. What is the MAV? That's just Mike's authorized or amplified version. Okay. From the vast inventory of creation, the Lord mustered a great fish to swallow Jonah. And this is where we say, see, it's not a whale. In Hebrew, a tanin is an enormous sea beast, whether what we think of as a blue whale, a sperm whale. I don't, would they qualify that? Well, if they saw Bruce the shark, a 25-foot great white, they'd say, that's a tanin. Um, this is like the kraken. This is Nessie. This is a pleosaur. This is scary. All right, that's tanin. That's not what's unleashed. That's not what God musters out. Because this is the picture. It's like the God of heaven and earth and the sea says, okay, I have a special jump. You'll do. And this is, this is just a generic word for fish. I like to think of this as a giant minnow. God said, giant minnow. I've got a job for you. Let's see. Yep, just the perfect size. Excellent. And the giant minnow. If you prefer tuna, giant tuna. That works too. Was appointed to swallow Jonah. And he was three days and three nights in the innards of the fish. And Jonah prayed 
to the Lord his God from the womb of the now very pregnant great fish. And you're thinking, well, he's taking liberties. That's nothing like what my translation says. Well, and that is for the simple reason, because as we complete the thought, we go to the end of chapter 2. The Lord spoke to the fish, and it puked him onto the dry land. I said puked because the Hebrew word is a sound, well, this is how you pronounce it basically. Yeah, it's, it's an automatopoetic word. You need to hear the vomit. It's very unceremonial. It's a little bit earthy. Okay. And so puked him up on the fish. Now, the fish is mentioned three times. The first time, it's a dogadol, which is a male fish, a great male fish. You want to make a female fish, then it's a daga, a dagagadola. And that's the curious thing in this text. I don't see it reflected in any English translations anywhere because we don't know what to do with this exactly. How would we, you know, what are we? So we just pass over it. But there it is. Mustard, a great dog kadol. I love the fact that the basic word for fish in Hebrew is dog. Here, boy. All right. And so, great fish, dog gadol, swallows Jonah, and now the dog gadol is a daga gadola. It's now a female fish because Jonah's not in the digestive tract, you see. Jonah's in the womb. He's in the womb. This is about birth, it's not about digestion. It's kind of ruin, ruins the whole digestive fluids, bleaching his body. I still like to hold on to that for the rest of the story, but this is a womb, you see. All right. In many ways, this is a womb. He is swallowed and is in the womb. I do have a picture of this. Isn't that like the next one? Yeah, there we go. Now think of that where God actually gives him headroom and legroom. <laughs> Jonah praying. Now, this is where I said insert prayer, because what else would you insert if you find yourself inside a giant tuna? I don't know that there were cabin lights. <laughs> so he's in the womb, and he prays. It's the Dagah It's the great fish. And when... They get to shore, and he's erped up on the shore. It's back to just a dog gadol. Male, female, male. This isn't to do any, any gender business in our culture. It's just what's there in the text. We look at this, and see, rabbis have looked at that fact, and they try to explain. So how was it male and then female, and then male again? Well, perhaps this is what happened, you see. It started off a male fish, and then... There was a mouth-to-mouth -mouth passage into a female fish, and that's how this took place. Okay, and I listen to that, and I think, okay, those people need to be tossed overboard too. <laughs> because you're missing the point. You're missing the point. When I, when I read people posting things of stories, oh, this person was swallowed by a giant fish and lived to tell the tale, and see? I'm just like, okay, you need to be tossed overboard too. You're missing the point. Because you see, this is a story, not for adults to somehow account for and explain. This is a story that is supposed to make you go, oh, what? When did we all lose the capacity to do that? How 
many of you sit in movie theaters and slowly dissect the entire movie that you're watching, watching for the benefit of the person you're sitting with? Right? Don't you love that? Oh, that would never happen because you see blah, 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 blah. And you never go with that person again. Right? <laughs> now, there are things that are too far. Indiana Jones inside a fridge surviving a nuclear blast. Okay, it's like, Crystal Skull, you lost me. All right, Fonzie jumping a shark. Fonzie, okay, and I'm really dating myself, sorry, but you know, there should be like some basic TV education as far as when, you know, TV was maybe more interesting, perhaps. But, but Fonzie, seriously, water skiing. Forget jump the shark, I'm, that's it. This show is just lost it. It's off the tracks, off the rails. And that's typically what we think with the Jonah story is that it's just, it's lost its way at this point. How many of us have lost the ability to be lost in wonder? Because we have a God who can muster out of his inventory anything. Wow. What? What? I just gave this book this morning to a friend of mine, Jerry, back there. It's uh, Evolving in Monkey Town by Rachel Held Evans. It's actually her first book from 2010. I gave it to him, and then I chased him down and said, no, 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 wait, 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 because I need this again, because I remembered this paragraph. And this is what we're talking about. When a little girl asks her father where the moon came from, he might tell her that the moon circles around the earth and reflects light from the sun. He might tell her that the moon likes to play hide-and-seek with the sun. So sometimes the moon looks like it's peeking out from behind a black curtain. Sometimes all you can see is the top of its head, and sometimes you can't even see it at all. He might tell her about how the moon has invisible arms that can pull the oceans back and forth, making the tides rise and fall. He might tell her that astronauts have walked on the moon and played golf on the moon and collected rocks from the moon. He might tell her that the moon has dimples and craters and basins that we can only see with a telescope and that there's a special place on the moon called the Sea of Tranquility that isn't really a sea. What? Then the father might take the little girl outside, hoist her up onto his shoulders, and let her stare at the moon for a while. He might recite a poem about a cow jumping over the moon, or sing a song about a dreamy-eyed kid slow dancing with it. Soon the little girl will become so lost in her father's beautiful stories that she will forget she ever had a question to begin with. Oh, see, now we're getting there, aren't we? Not just with this story. All the stories. All the stories. Ah, when's the last time you just got so lost in the wonder of it? You forgot you even had a question to begin with. Very hard to disengage. Most of us are writing devotions, and you can go back and read this last week's devotions if you want fuller expounding and, you know, blah, 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 um, on, on Jonah. I mean, it's all there. You can find it on our website, wherever that is. I mean, while well, it's on the internet. Um, but I made repeated reference to this very simple fact, and it's the, it's the title of the sermon, um, Preamble, okay? The pre, this preamble 
to the multiple sermons happening in that tank. And that is, just let yourself get swallowed by the great story of God happening all around you. See, and I saw Quint, Robert Shaw. Nobody ever could quite figure out, what's that accent that Robert Shaw has in Jaws? I don't know where he got it from. He was Scottish. I don't know where he got that from. But Quint, when Bruce the shark jumps on the back of the orca, breaking it, and the whole thing tilts up, and there's Quint, and there's Chief Brody, and it's Quint in the line of fire, right? And, he's, and what's Quint doing? Saying, I'm home. Right? He's doing everything he can. He's, he's sliding his feet and he's holding up here. And then one of, you know, one of those cursed air tanks falls on his hand. He loses his grip and down he goes. And he's got, he's got his big old machete in one hand and he's got his boots and there's Bruce with his giant... See, now, if this was a home group, we'd be watching the scene right now in all of its bloody glory. Because that's what it looks like when we refuse to get swallowed. We kick, we scream, and we stab, and we stab the snout of the story. Ah. Just let yourself get swallowed by the story of God happening all around you. That's what this womb here is all about. You notice how passive this whole thing is? Notice we don't say, okay, who wants to, who wants to get baptized? Well, come on up and there you go. Just get in, dunk yourself. You want to do it seven times? Do it seven times. We don't care. Just go ahead and get yourself wet and baptize thyself. No, we have two people. It's like midwives. All right? This is a birthing tank. And it's so incredibly passive. Even as you're making an active decision to engage in it, it's so incredibly passive. You are releasing yourself into the arms of others, and more than that, in the arms of others, as you are lowered. And then in faith, you hope, raised. You're hoping they don't pray Psalm 119 while you're under the water. I go down, they bring me up. I have baptized so many people over the years. There are a certain number, you can, you can feel it. They go down, and the foot and hands are going, and they are ready to get themselves out of there. Okay, it's okay. It's all, that's totally understandable. I'm concerned more with the posture of the heart, which is just release. Just release into the water into the arms, and release yourself into the story. Release yourself into the wonder. Okay, I'm going to pause just a minute, because if I don't, I'm going to forget to give this back to Jerry. Jerry, where are you? There he is. Okay. All right, just hang on. Can I still talk while I'm going? Um, where, where's the camera I'm talking to? Is that like one of those? We're not done yet. I'm coming back, whichever. Okay, Jer Jerry, you can meet me halfway if you want. No, don't, 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 don't. Ooh, that's not going to work. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I have three minutes. Which is just enough time. Do you notice the subtle ways in which I'm killing the extra time? He's so clever and crafty, that Mike. And Trevor's thinking, I'm never going to say the word untethered around him again. Never going to say that again. 
When I sat down to seriously try to organize my thoughts, I sensed I just needed to swallow the prayer in Hebrew and then see what I erped up. So this is my erped up prayer. There is a really high recommendation for a translation. Yep, I swallowed the Hebrew and this is what I erped up. There you go, hope you enjoy. This is the prayer. This is the prayer I pray over all of us and over each one here. Starts with the Hebrew. Karati mitzara li al Adonai. In a tight spot, I cried out to Adonai and he answered me. From the belly of the deep abyss, my primal scream. And you heard my voice. You hurled me into ocean deep, into the heart of the sea, by overpowering currents engulfed, by pounding surf and violent breakers pulsed. Your pounding surf, your breakers all. That's it, I said. I'm history. Flung, expelled, ejected, extradite. Far from your approving sight. Ah, but wait, this isn't the end. Even now I can see me once again basking in your holy temple. Glory be! But now I'm sputtering and gargling again, the waters gripping my throat, the depths engulfing me, the deep sea reeds bound round my head like a shroud, pulling me down, 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 to the very roots of the mountains, the heavy door of the underworld slamming shut behind me forever. And now you move, the descent done, the ascent begun. When my life breath was fading dead away, my heart flatlining, clear, Adonai, I remembered you. My desperate prayer came to you from that pit there to your holy temple here. Ah, those yet groping after vaporous lies throw away the merciful keys to their own freedom wise. I, with voice of thanksgiving, let me sacrifice anew. What I vowed, let me pay again to you. Yeshuata la Adonai. Salvation, deliverance, healing, wholeness belongs to Yod, He, Vav, He. He. 11.10. Thus endeth the lesson. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.